Welcome, Warriors, to another edition of Outreach Warrior. My name is James Baker. I'm joined by my producer today, Tom. Hi, Tom. Hey, man. Um, today, we will be reviewing a movie that we both watched. I uh, would actually call it more of a documentary. It's called Why Homeless? And that is just a Y in front of the homeless. Um, it is from a author and um, director. His name is... Uh, Glenn Dunsweiler. Dunsweiler, Wheeler. We're not really sure, bro. If we said your name wrong, sorry about that. And we'll be reaching out to Glenn hopefully in the near future. Yeah, sorry if we pronounce your name wrong. Um, the movie was really, the documentary was really, really well put together. Um, it starts off with Glenn facing homelessness. And that's what we like to focus on here. Not just when you're homeless, just the whole all around aspect. Um, in this case, it was a clear and present threat in his life and he decides to head out around the country and to see other people that are going through homelessness um what types of people are homeless um and that's a big thing that we like to talk about here is breaking kind of the stereotypical and the the stigma of you know they're bums and they're just looking to panhandle and why aren't they working as well as what help is currently available for people that are homeless or about to be homeless, like we discussed, like you discussed on your last show. Yes, and um, I'm glad you said that because there was a point in the movie, and we'll get into all of it soon. But um, one thing, since working in this industry, um, one of the homeless people said on the documentary that there is a lot of help out there, but the normal person who is facing this harsh reality isn't going to know off the top of their heads the resources that are available. And that's, some, you know, that's something that we want to champion here. And, the, you know, the other thing, and because, like I said, I came close to this a couple of times myself, is there's a certain overwhelming fear that, that kind of makes it, like, almost impossible to even go look for it because you can't face it. It's almost a denial in a way. You know, so that that's one thing also that I think because his his situation was the recession hit. He was afraid he was going to lose his home, I believe. And therefore, he didn't know what to do. He's like, well, I'm about to be homeless. What the hell am I going to do now? So he decided before he went homeless to go on this journey to find out what people are doing and what to do. So that's what I that's what intrigued me about this piece a lot. And heaven forbid you're faced with that, you know, it's coming. I know it's coming. What what should you do? Um, so, again, just to touch on that, uh, first thing you should do is call 211. And that is a national helpline. Um, they can give you some information. Also, sponsored by United Way. Yes. It, I yep. Think? I was yeah. trying to think of that. Thing. Yep. Sponsored by United Way. And I just recently learned that is nationwide. So awesome. Regardless of where you're hearing this, uh, we're based in Florida, but uh, it is nationwide. Um, also, Google nonprofits, shelters, uh, they have the resources that I can't even begin to get into. I'm still learning, learning it now after 
three or four months in the industry. Yeah, I did a search and there's like four four food banks just in my area around here between both the faith-based or if you don't want to get, you know, drawn into the faith-based situation, there's a couple that are are non Secular, I guess, is the term. They're 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 everywhere. I mean, and I, I I don't know if it's just because of recently with COVID and whatnot and the economic strain. But, well, um, no, because the recession knocked a lot of people down. I mean, that's what almost knocked me out of my place. Yeah. So that, and then of course the situation with my mom and uh, all the money being stolen. <laughs> but you know. Um. Well, yeah, I was just saying because like I've I've just doing what uh, my, that my wife does with the bread from Publix. Um we've heard of and have gone to and given some bread out uh, to these just small little like churches one, but just these small little nonprofits too, just meeting in a parking lot and, you know, handing out food. Oh, okay. So it's, it's all over the place. So it, it's there. And like I said, the help is there. Um, utilize, utilize those shelters, those nonprofits and, you know, not saying they're going to save your house, but, you know, they will get you set up hopefully to a place that you can have a fighting start. And you know what? I got to, I got to jump in here. Cause this was, I was going to say it in a little bit, but one thing that was brought up in the film and ties in perfectly to this. And what I was talking about, the fear and the guilt and all this kind of stuff. What if you're single, he brought up in almost at the head of this film that if you're single and you don't have anywhere to go, you're in the back of the line. The people that are sick, the people that have families, the single mothers, the abused women, those people. And, you know, rightfully, they should get notice. But a single male that isn't sick, you're back of the line. And then add the other side, which is what got to me, guilt factor. Why me being, you know, raised as man, you got to you got to figure out how to take care of yourself. What happens when you break? And I don't mean your body, but when your mind breaks from all this, anxiety, stress, depression comes in, and then now a guilt factor that, wow, if I go to the food bank, I'm taking food from a, a mother that can't take care of her kids. So that's uh, an overwhelming thing, especially for the single homeless, which isn't brought up much. No, and um, that was quite an interesting part um, of the documentary when they, they did cover that in detail that, you know, if you're, it was one of the actual homeless people was saying that if you're, he was a single man. Um, he said, I'm not addicted to drugs and substance abuse. You I know, don't have you know. cancer. Yeah. didn't he, he felt it almost sounded like he was bummed that he didn't have a life threatening disease because yeah. then he could get some help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he, the, the way that he, he, in his opinion, um, saying that he wasn't getting the the care that these families were and people with illnesses, substance abuse issues. Yeah, that, that that's a really good point. Um, and I know there are more shell. Well, I don't know for you know numbers wise, but from the work that I do and talking to people and giving them recommendations, um, there are shelters just for women and and, and children. There's a cell phone program for, um, and I remember because I've donated many cell phones to this program for uh, victims of abuse so they can have a stash phone that their quote unquote loved one doesn't know about. So if they are attacked and he snatches the phone and this is my phone, I pay for the plan. She has that secret phone to go in and hit help. Wow. So there are 
many more programs set up for people in more need. And again, it, it, it lays a guilt factor on somebody that doesn't feel like, well, I'm not in that much of a need. I can go another day. And I, and, and that, and that's such a big part is it, it, the part accepting that you need help. And that goes for more than just being homeless. I mean, in general, it, it, it's hard. It's for me, you know, it, it's hard to, to accept that I need help or along those lines, but the pride thing kicks in our egos and stuff like that, but it's out there. And I recommend if you need it to, to go after it. Um, so they talked a lot about, and I want your opinion, Tom, the new, the new homelessness, like the new look of homelessness. It's, it's not the person in the cardboard box on the side of the road, which still exists, obviously. But the new homeless face looks like the people in the hotels that I've worked with, that we've worked with. Um, van dwelling. That's, van. That's, that's almost been glorified with YouTube, with young, cute couples yeah. changing their van and getting rid of it's, the burdens of life. And I'm on the road now. It's, it's, so it's almost been glorified. We, 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 we scripted a little bit of this, but it's mostly off the top of our heads. But I'm so glad you brought that up because on TikTok, man, I follow probably like 15 people living in their vans. And you're right. It, it, it is almost glorified, you know, these, these days. And I hate to keep bringing me up, but uh, during that situation I was talking about where I almost lost everything, um, I took a job uh, down in South Florida. And a lot of times as a crew person, um, sometimes they'll put you up. Sometimes they don't have the budget because they're supposed to use local, but they'd rather use you because they'd like your camera work or whatever. So they're like, hey, if you got a place to stay down in Miami, and I didn't. So I lied. And what I did is basically I parked across the street in the van and then kind of went and had some pizza and stumbled and messed around and then snuck back, jumped the fence and crawled into my van when they locked down that parking lot across the street overnight and crashed. Three days I thought I was going to die. <laughs> Three damn days. And now, I mean, we've all been Florida dwellers with hurricanes. Um, I remember when those four blew through here. That was uh, that was a year before I moved out here. Oh, I was yes, like, I was yeah. like, what am I getting myself and into? And it wiped us out for electric and water for like two weeks. But we had a home. And you know, one of the things I'm going through the guilt with the situation I'm in is even under my current situation, if everything continues to go bad, yeah, I'm gonna be without lights, I'm gonna be without water. But I own my home. And I don't own I don't owe anybody that can take my home. So therefore there's like a homeless without home while having a home, but it was still less miserable than trying to sleep in my van because my van's got no AC. And that's one thing he was saying when he was on the road, I think it was going from Memphis to Orlando that he crashed with somebody in Orlando. And he was just so grateful to have a couch to lay on and AC. I think he said something along the lines of, like, uncomfortable couches are the most comfortable things yeah, when, you're, when, you're, when you're sleeping in the car. Yeah. But, yeah, no, the van thing is big. Um, I see a lot of people taking old buses and, you know. And so the people that are kind of glamorizing that, 
I think that, you know, they have the money to put into it, you know, so they got a trust fund or they're a mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that, that, that's, that's the first thing I thought of. I'm like, what if I just take all my money and buy a, you know, a big van and, but I'm like, you know what happens when that van breaks down? Or, or you keep on talking about, you like the teeny home. Oh, thing. I love them. I, love I them know you home. love them, but. I don't know if you've ever lived in a teeny home. No, never, never actually lived in one. But my my, my vision of tiny home living is to like have three. <laughs> okay, <laughs> kind of like a compound. Because when I was a kid, you know, like like for the kids, yeah, and then like a functioning like game room. And then yeah. Because yeah, when I was a kid, when uh, we moved from one the from Portsmouth Naval Station to back to Camp Lejeune, um, my dad. My dad, my mom said she basically forced him into buying a house. Well, of course, he bought a house that it took like six months to hack down all the vegetation and the fact it was an abandoned home. Um, that's a murder. But <laughs> long story. Yeah. But uh, we lived literally in a, not a mobile home, but in a camper for six months. And... I got to say that was between like five and and six, seven years old. That's how hard that stuck in my brain. I still remember how cool the place was, but how miserable we were. So, you know, that's, that's, that's coming from a a 50 year old man that remembers when he was seven years old living in a camper. It's not fun living in a teeny home unless you've got no needs at all. Uh, that's why I think like at least three, at least three times. Yeah. Okay. At least, at least that three. makes more sense. <laughs> with, so wait, wait, with a pool, with a yeah. pool. House. I, got <laughs> it, I got it all planned out. I got it's an above ground pool that you can bring pool. with you. I got, I got it all planned out. Which brings up another point he brought up. And this is something that um, you said you'd love to build, like build one of these encampment kind of uh, uh, places for, you know, teeny homes for a bunch of people to come and stay like they're doing in California and like they're doing in a couple of places. One thing I'd like to do, and I hope it's actually something we could maybe get off the ground, is one thing he brought up is, again, we're talking about being clean, laundry. One thing back to those hurricanes that came through, um, I remember in New Orleans, they were, you know, Ninth District was wiped out and everything. And one thing that made these people survive was uh, a major uh, detergent company brought in a couple semis with washers and dryers and then a major uh, wireless carrier, since all the wireless was down, um, brought in their own tower and had it so you could wash your clothes and while you're washing your clothes, make a phone call. It would be so cool to set up, even if it was just like a couple washers and dryers in a, a U-Haul and every once in a while say, hey, come wash your clothes, and come wash your clothes, have a clean pair of drawers. It, it, <laughs> you know? and, and that and that's something that I just don't think people think about, you know, like. No, so, they think, oh, you need a shower. OK, but what about putting on some clean clothes if you've gotten graceful to get that shower? Through through my travels of working with people displaced and homeless, uh, long story short, I don't remember the whole thing, but I met this young kid and he was, oh, he couldn't have been older than 22, 23. And he was living in a tent with his dad somewhere. It was something fish camp somewhere in Central Florida, outside of Central Florida. And um, he wound up 
kind of like in the movie, some hotel let him stay in, and it wasn't a room because there wasn't a shower or anything, but uh, he got to stay in this room and he worked there, but he didn't have a shower, he didn't have access to, to wash his clothes, and, and he got fired because, you know, he was smelly and his clothes were dirty and just something that, you know, like, like and I, it's, people don't think of it, like, that's a great idea, and I mean, and, you know, my dream someday is to, I don't I know we talked about Penel's, Penel's Hope, um, I think on the last podcast. Yeah. Um, just even if you could get 10 sheds, you know, um, put some AC window ACs, you put some cots in there, just shelter for some of these people, um, on, on the streets. But then but he brought up a good point. Everybody, well, not everybody, but people that care, they, everybody wants to help the homeless, but nobody wants the homeless to live near them. I forgot what the abbreviation what is. It's not in my backyard. Not in my backyard. Not it's everything backyard. from a, a nuclear dump site to, you know, uh, a homeless tent village. Um, not in my home. Not next to me. You're going to bring down my rating. But, and that leads me to something that I was going <laughs> to wait again for this one. But we have something down here that a lot don't have, which is an excessive amount of motels and long term stay motels or LTSs. And while we would love, like we brought up the fact the star was a horrible abuse of the people that were staying there and a way to take in money, not do anything. What if instead of finding that land you're talking about and building those places, what if somehow we could find a couple of these places that people are already staying to partner with or to have them like uh, you mentioned it earlier and even uh, one of the people that you had worked with with Starfish had mentioned adopt a motel. That is the first, I like to look at one of my theories in life is realistic goals and in the near future, goal accomplishable goals. And that is what I would like, what we, we want to work on here at Starfish and um, Outreach Warrior um, is to do an adopt a motel hotel program where you give a little bit a month um, and then we pick a day out of the year, a day out of the month to go and offer hot food, offer um, canned goods. Um, Cookout weekend. Maybe maybe do a cookout, exactly. Um, hygiene hygiene thing and the, and the money would go to buying those supplies and that's where a big corporate entity could get involved whereas they wouldn't have you know like a pfizer you know or like you see the adopt a road campaign the boy scouts adopt a, a mile of road and then they pay for that section to be cleaned and taken care of and i and i, I know i won't say any names or anything but i mentioned a big hotel company mm -hmm. um I think that is, I personally think it's a great idea that a big hotel company, which could help out a small motel that is no competition to them whatsoever, it's saying, hey, we care about our community, trying to give, and, and kind of going back on what you're saying, your point was, let's try to give these people a little bit better living situations, you know, instead of building those tiny homes and stuff I still want to do, um, but well, they need to move on at the, one point. You don't want to it, stay well, it, in the motel. Yeah, it, it, it's a transitional. But it's it a transitional becomes a housing, transitional environment. But more, more livable. And um, I've seen them. And I, it's uh, the Christmas party. There was uh, 
seven seven people living in one room. It was Oof. mother and father and five. I don't want to say adults, but they were big. I mean, they were teenagers. They were big kids, and they had a dog too. And I was just like, "Hi!" It's just it. It I, I couldn't couldn't even picture it. I, you know, I didn't want to see the. I, I I couldn't. I thought four four was bad. Um. So also, I know we talked a little bit before. This. <laughs> Jumping all over. Yeah, no, it's cool. No, it, it's it, just it's nice. Crawl. It's nice to talk to somebody <laughs> while while doing this. That's why I like I like the interviews so much. Uh, and we have um, another interview coming up in another episode. Um, I, I did want to touch upon about the stereotype, though, um, about how they're just panhandlers and um, they could be working. And there, in, in the documentary, there was one person who said that, who straight up said, you know, you can make this your living. And I thought his sign was quite cute. It said, I need a cold beer and big butts. But the other guy brought up a good point. It's almost the exact same thing. And any of y'all that want to be a YouTube star will understand this one. Only a few are good at that. Yeah. Only a few are going to make that living off of holding up that sign. Yeah. You know, that that's the thing. And those those are the ones that, that get noticed. You know, the ones that make it. <laughs> and, and I've seen... Um... Anywhere from, I met this family out there out of Publix once. He was playing the accordion, you know, and you know, I'm sure that, and he had his wife and little babies there. Um, I gave him my business card. Um, but, you know, there's a the gimmick too, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. said, like, like, like you two, you like know, the like the guy playing the guitar. I'm on sure the side he, of the road. I'm yeah. sure he makes, you know, decent, decent tips. And, or do you? Because, you know, again, when I was a kid, there was a rumor. There was this old man that used to go around and collect cans, and he'd push the, this cart with stacks, and sometimes you'd see this thing stacked up way over his head, and all these kids had this rumor that he was rich, and he was living in the woods, and he had this money stashed away. And the horrible thing about it is one of these kids went out and found him, and uh, Beat him up and he didn't have anything. Uh, he had like uh, 20 bucks. Uh, that was it. And that's how we found out was because this kid came back complaining and he must have had a stash somewhere else. So luckily he got caught for that. But, you know, that's the, you know, the rumor tends to be not quite as true as the reality. Of and that and that's a good segue into what I was just, the next thing I wanted to bring up. Um, when um, Glenn was at a, Kent City, kind of. You talk mm. to a few people, and some of the women said that you know they've been sexually abused, and there's um, fights. And one of the people living in the Tent City said that there were different kind of like factions almost. And they said his side was there was no room for fighting, argue, you know, like they all, I, I don't know, if respectable, but they, they they were the ones like the law abiding ones. But then there were another section down a little ways where there was a drug side and there was a lot of stealing. Oh, okay. And, I see what you're saying. And so, but yeah, there's a lot of abuse and, and it also, and, and this is a, a pretty big statement, but it, I, I'm pretty sure it's true. I mean, depression is a huge, if you're out on the street and, and this is what they talk about, this, this cycle that they get into, you're out on the street, you, you're going to be depressed. And then it's just, I think it's just an open, open door for, for substance abuse and drugs. And they talk about that a little bit. In the or even just curling up in a ball because you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. 
you know, and yeah, drugs can help that. You know, well, yeah, take, 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 take it absolutely. It's a hundred percent. And one of one of the gentlemen that was on one of the homeless gentlemen, he was uh, on quite a bit. The the guy you're talking about, the one saying I don't have cancer, you know. I'm oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on quite a bit, and um, he was again saying uh, he doesn't he doesn't have any substance abuse problems, and you know, but he talked about the cycle. He's like, I don't have any money. It it'll cost me this much to get to the. I think this was in San Francisco, I believe. Yeah, um, I think it was out west. And uh, talking about he doesn't have enough money to get to the other side of town, you know, and he, he literally can't go anywhere because this is where he is. So, or like the the dude in Orlando, I think it was in Orlando that brought up the very point you brought up a couple shows back, which he didn't have a tent city. He was in a motel, but by the time he pays for the motel, he then doesn't have anything to save, get better buy that extra thing he needs to move on from his situation because he's got just enough and that, and, to pay that motel. And I learned that right away when I started doing the work with the hotels, with the families I met. Um, they lost their job. We'll, we'll take, we'll just use this as an example. Single mom, three kids. Mom loses her job. She has just enough money to get them into a hotel so they're not on the street. Mom gets another job. Okay. She's making a little bit of money. It's weekly, so figure three hundred bucks a week, right? So you, you put that together. That's almost like a more that's rent. You know, that's could be a mortgage. You know, um, she's making just the amount of money to pay for the hotel and a little bit for food. There is no extra money to put down the first and last month's rent. First month, yeah, same you, thing. I mean, hell, you, electric, all of utilities, them. all that. They all want to deposit. So they're stuck in in this hotel. And one of the one families I first started working with, the reasons I got involved in it was dad's not working grandma gets social security they have dad has the two kids so it's the two kids dad grandma and they live off the social security and that goes and pays pays the bills pays, pays the bills yeah well now you know and and we have to bring up the harsh reality and this is my friend frank brought up you know that's all well and fine but <clears throat> There are a lot of folks that are homeless by choice. Mm -hmm. They love the freedom. They don't want to live like that, but they also don't want to be tied down. They have that free spirit. Um, I hear this one show on California Channel all the time, and that's one problem they have, and that's one problem we have here. We have an environment that you can live outside year-round. So it tends to draw those freedom seekers that don't mind living with nothing. Those those children of the sixties, the, the van, the van people, yeah, the van <laughs> people that are happy with that. But what I brought up to him, <clears throat> and that's why also I love your starfish story. Not everyone's like that, and actually, most of the motel folks, the displaced, aren't. That what almost maybe ninety percent. Let's get ridiculous and say that aren't going to achieve. Don't want to quit getting high. Don't want to and, give up that freedom and, and go. I got to have a shave and a job. Oh my god, you know. So, but there are those few. And, and, and if we can help those few, that's what this show is for. Absolutely, and and, and that and there is that. That demographic. You, I just you, want everybody to know we don't think we can save the world. We no. don't think we can save everybody. But if we could save one, two, 
and, and that's how my whole the, the, the whole i mean that's how realistically this all started was with this one little boy that i wanted to help and then i saw all the people in in, in the motel um we can't you can't save them all and and and, and what you brought up is it, it's a huge point there there are some people that don't want the help there's some people gonna say hey great sandwich thanks have a good day yeah later and one of those families i won't even bring anything about but there was another family with the social security thing hey they get by off it that's what they that's that's what they're doing with their life you know but there are also the ones that we want to help saying that this is not the situation i want to be in i'm trying to get out and that's the whole starfish mentality is one person at a time help them get on their feet they want that deposit yeah yeah and um and there's help out there you know and there's I'm learning all about a program right now through my work for for younger younger people, getting them into places too, and helping with with for a few months rent. You know, they have to have a job. They have to you know show that they want it. You know, my friend Frank brought up one, and I, we got to look into it. And I wasn't going to bring it up, but might as well because it's a perfect transition too. Orange County, Florida, uh, is thinking about or working on some kind of thing like I had pitch to you about um, using the skills of displaced and homeless to kind of create their own version of a job service. And that's for the Orange County homeless. And I think that program's just getting started and I don't know anything about it, but it's definitely something we should look into because there are a lot of skilled people. It's just, again, they don't have the clean clothes. They don't have the 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 ability to to get that everyday shave shower, and maybe we need to create a homeless Uber so yeah, they can get so they there. can get to their jobs. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a great idea. Yeah, we we were talking about that a little bit before the show because our bus system sucks around here. Sorry, Orlando. But <laughs> I don't I don't know much the about bus. Bu- sucks. A, a lot of the young people that I work with, they all they all take the bus, and somebody they was don't at, take it far. He was asking me. One of the guys was asking those questions about, oh, how do I get to this? And I'm like, buddy, I was like, I have no idea. It took him an hour to go like five. Mi- I'm like, dude, you should have walked. I was like, an hour and three, two bus changes. I was like, man, when I lived in Boston, I hopped right on the green line to the blue line, and boom, 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 boom. You know, it was super easy to get around. Yeah, right? I was up there doing the next games and. We had to utilize that because the way they had things shut down. Yeah, you just jump on the train, damn, boom, there you are. So, um, any other? No, I I would say if you have uh, Amazon Prime, definitely check out Why, the letter Y, homeless, question mark. Um, He also has a book, Things I Learned from the Homeless, if you're more of a reader. That's on everything from Audible. I think it's audiobook and it's also paperback. I might have to pick that up. Looks looks good. Uh, again, it was a very good, very good documentary. Um, something that uh, we would like to pursue at some point in our this career. Uh, Tom is an amazing filmographer, Mr. Producer over here. Um, I'd love to get out at some point and then show the world what you know, what what type of um, situation. Maybe we, we can do there. a mini version of that and do a Florida, in Florida, yeah, run around down down at the coalition. Um, that that's where the actually um, one of the places that called the Coalition of the Homeless here, right downtown Orlando, was actually he went there to on on the documentary. Yeah, they seem really organized. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, that's one of the places at my employment because where I work, it's just for younger people 
younger use. Uh, we recommend a lot of people. That's the first place we, we, we recommend them to. Um, yeah, so future things. Hopefully, um, we can get out there, do some filming. Um, I, w I would like to move on soon with interviews from people out on the streets. No, well, you got a couple coming up. Yeah, well, we have, we have some interviews. Um, producer Tom here has got to work on. Um, I have some really cool case managers, um, people I work with that are doing amazing things. Like, it's, they're so... I don't want to say unappreciative, but the stuff that they do is, is mind is mind blowing, and they're, they are they are warriors. Well, it's a very unappreciated field. Yeah, I mean, I thought teaching was unappreciated. This you're is... complained at when you don't do anything, and when you do do something, you're you're stealing tax money. So you know. So, but they they're they're great people, and the one thing I've learned just starting being around this industry and stuff like that, the, the people that like you. And myself and the people that I work with, that they just have the biggest hearts, you know, and I don't have a lot, you know, you know, we were just regular people, you know, but I, it's, we, we, we want to help other people and these people that I work with in the same way. And um, they're just very, my point is they're very loving and they have great hearts. Uh, well, thank you so much, Tom. Thank you for sitting in with me on this one. And discuss. thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot better talking, talking to somebody. Um, so, um, and we'd like to hear your story. Um, if you know someone who's homeless or you've experienced uh, homelessness. Or if you're doing anything to help the homeless, we'd love to hear your story as well. Absolutely. Please, please reach out to us on outreachwarrior at gmail.com. Um, thank you for checking out the podcast. Please rate, share, tell somebody you know. Hopefully we can grow this. Um, down the line, I would like to work more on the adopting a hotel motel. Uh, maybe we can do a uh, GoFundMe. Let's get that washer dryer truck going. I yeah, like that idea I, I, I really like the wash and dryer thing. That is huge. And like I said, and like we were talking before, well, I was saying to Tom, that that's just something people wouldn't think off the top of their heads. You know what I mean? Like a way to help. Like that's that's such a good idea. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us on this episode and we will see you next week. Have a great day and a better tomorrow.